Hey guys, you're listening to the Empowered Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and today we're going to be talking about everything that I've ever known. Just kidding. Um, But we are going to be talking about this particular quote. Actually, it's a lyric from the Hadestown musical soundtrack, and it goes, All I've ever known is how to hold my own, right? And that's also the line that actually inspired today's episode. So yeah, earlier this week, I was listening to music while going for one of my hot girl walks, which are really like mental health walks for me. And this song came on, it's literally called All I've Ever Known. And that line really stuck out to me. All I've ever known is how to hold my own. And then it goes on to say something about like, and now I want to hold you, yada, yada, yada. And it's like romantic and cute. We get it. But But this line stuck out to me for a very different reason. Essentially, at least to me, it was really speaking about learning how to be self-sufficient and then being surprised when suddenly you find yourself in relationships or in positions where you don't feel so alone or suddenly you don't want to be alone anymore the way that you used to. You get it. So to me, it really spoke to the part of myself that has been conditioned to be hyper-independent and self-sufficient, self-reliant, that kind of thing. So in today's episode, I want to talk about the importance of finding people who uplift you and support you, letting go of hyper-independence mentalities, a little bit about my journey with this, and... Also, it's my intention that this episode could also possibly serve as a reminder that this type of support is available to you, and it does exist. With all episodes on this podcast, before we dive into the topic for today's episode, I want to take a minute to share with you guys the story of an inspiring woman in science and her contributions to the field. So today we're going to be talking about Dorothy Hodgkin, Dr. Dorothy Hodgkin. So she focused her work on understanding and characterizing the structures of biologically important substances such as cholesterol iodide, penicillin, vitamin B12, and insulin. She was introduced to crystallography during her undergrad, and then she went on to attain her PhD in crystallographic investigation of steroid crystals. She was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at the age of 28, but even though she wasn't able to operate the x-ray equipment that her experiments required, she had a special lever made and she carried on with her research anyway. So her disability didn't stop her from doing what she loved. She just simply found another way to do it. And she also, she built up a really impressive portfolio of work creating maps of organic molecules, as I said, cholesterol, iodide, penicillin, vitamin B12, and insulin were some of those molecules. I want to focus specifically on penicillin, though. So for those of you that don't know, penicillin is a beta-lactam antibiotic, and it was discovered in 1928, and it successfully treated the first patient with septicemia, which is blood poisoning, in 1942. But refining the use of the antibiotic was really important because basically we were treating people with this antibiotic, penicillin. 
but we didn't fully understand the drug or its structure, really. Dr. Hodgkin was able to solve the structure of this antibiotic in 1945. I think her story is really inspiring, and I really hope that you enjoyed hearing a little bit about her story as well. I highly encourage you to do your own research and look into her story more if it interests you. But with that, we're going to jump into today's episode. I want to start off by saying that needing other people is human, okay? Like, allowing yourself to receive support is brave in this world because we're taught exactly the opposite. And I'm here to tell you that it's not true, okay? Because it is brave and courageous to put yourself out there to connect with people and to let people in and allow yourself to show up and allow other people to show up for you. It is courageous to let other people help you, especially especially when you've been taught that it's shameful to let people help you or to ask for help. It's courageous when you've been taught that it's shameful to ask for help or to let other people help you. So I want to share a little bit about my story just to give a little bit of context. So for the majority of my life, I don't think that I really believed uh, support for me was possible. I I didn't think that it existed um, in general, but at the very least, I didn't think that it was possible for me to find that. And I don't really think that I felt I deserved it. I thought that needing other people would make me weak, things like that, right? Very subconscious, but this is ultimately my conditioning, like what I thought. I've done a lot of introspection and work on myself and my mindsets, a lot of healing, really, just trying to feel worthy and lovable. And I've done the vast majority of this work in solitude for a few years. But having that experience and knowing intimately how difficult and lonely it can be to go inwards and heal the parts of you that need healed, none of that was nearly as difficult for me as learning how to receive support. Because I wasn't taught how to rely on other people, I was taught how to rely on myself. I wasn't taught to feel worthy of love and support. I was taught to feel shame about needing those things. And at its heart, I think that connection requires vulnerability. And as I've shared, that isn't really something that I was taught. I was taught to practice. I was, sorry, I was not taught to practice or value vulnerability. And both of those things are very important for connection and support. Right? You have to practice vulnerability and you have to value vulnerability if you want to connect with people, if you want to feel supported, if you want to support others. You can't go it alone. And if that statement triggered you in any way, you probably have some inhibition to connect with others. And I want you to know that you're not alone in that struggle because that statement makes me very uncomfortable, even now. And I'm just, I'm wired to feel like self-sufficiency is more acceptable and expected, actually. So you're not alone if that statement triggered you. But it's true, you, you really can't go it alone. We're not meant to go it alone. 
I do want to share one experience with you guys that was very eye-opening for me. So I had this experience with a really important person in my life, and I ended up having a conversation where it was a difficult conversation, and I ended up finding out that I was sort of micromanaging the relationship in many ways. And for me, it was in an attempt to feel more worthy of his support. It was really eye-opening to learn that I didn't have to earn anything. Um, He wanted to support me. and, And for me, it was really hard to accept that. And so I had been really trying to, like, do more things it probably, it ended up coming off as, like, micromanaging, um, but I was really just trying, it was all in an attempt to feel more worthy of the support that he was giving me, but, um, in my attempt to feel more worthy of that support, which was really my inability to receive, I ended up unintentionally conveying mistrust, and the truth is, is that I, I didn't really know how to trust other people. I had been raised to be very self-sufficient. I I never developed the skills or the, I guess I shouldn't say the ability, but I never really knew how to trust other people. And so it wasn't because I didn't trust him, but it definitely came off like I did not trust him. And so I just want to share that experience. Um, I guess I don't really know why. I just, I think it's relevant to this story is that a big part of this is trust. Like if you're very hyper-independent, it really comes from a place of mistrust. And I also want to make one distinction here. Hyper-independence is not the same as healthy independence, okay? There is very much so a distinction there. And when I'm talking about hyper-independence in this instance, I am talking about like fully feeling like you have to be fully self-sufficient and feeling like you can't rely on other people at all, which is not healthy in any way. Um, but yeah, so it, it can come off as mistrust, and it really does come from a place of mistrust. And at least for me, it's because I was never taught how to trust other people. Um, as I said, I wasn't really taught about this. I never had a blueprint for how to let other people support me. Um, yeah, and I think it would have been really helpful if I would have had something to go on. So basically, I want to share what support systems can actually look like and feel like because genuinely, I don't think I knew. I don't think I had any idea of what that what that would even be like. And I never, yeah, you guys, you guys get it. I'm not being very articulate here. But basically, I had no blueprint to know what support systems looked like or how to about that or anything so I want to share a little bit about that so healthy support systems at least okay I I feel like I need one more disclaimer here this isn't my experience everyone's experiences are different and everyone's idea of what support looks like and feels like is going to be different but this is just to give something for those people who maybe are in a similar position that I was in where you don't really know what it what that looks like or what that feels like what to look for that kind of thing so that is also a disclaimer the first thing is slowness and consistent effort 
for me, when people have tried to get close to me and it just moves like super fast, I get really scared and I distance myself. Okay, so like healthy support systems, they take time to build. At least in my experience, it's been that way. And I think slowness is important um, and consistent effort. So what these, what this can look like is people asking you questions about yourself, you asking questions about them, like taking the time to get to know each other, and people who want to know what you're thinking, what you love, what you're passionate about, right? Like effort and slow effort, no rushing Um, because that can be unhealthy attachment styles. We don't need to dive into that. Um, Also, people who validate how you feel, right? Um, I've spent a lot of my life around people who do not validate feelings, who don't even know what validation is really. Um, But I do, I have one friend that I've had since childhood who is amazing at this, and she'll always validate like what I'm saying, like if I'm telling her a story or an experience, and I'm like, I just, I was like, I felt this way. And she'll say something like, oh my gosh, like I totally get why you would feel that way. I I would too. This is so important because what it does is it really sends the message that you aren't alone. Validation is so important. And if you've spent the majority of your life being invalidated, it's really hard to like, know that validate that you deserve validation but you do deserve validation and your feelings are always valid they're not necessarily data but the way you feel is always valid so make sure the people that you have in your life are validating you because those are going to be healthy support systems they're going to have plenty of validation also i think the biggest thing that i've learned um is paying attention to how you feel after you hang out with people whether they're individuals or groups, because I used to hang out in certain circles where where I would just leave every hangout, every meeting, just feeling drained, completely drained. And I thought that that was normal. And I associated that with like interacting with people. I associated that drained feeling with connection, but it doesn't have to be that way. That's not all that's available to you. So pay attention to how you feel around the people in your life And validate your own experiences in this too, because it's valid to not hang out with people who drain you or make you feel bad about yourself, because that that does not make you selfish. It's very valid if you need to remove yourself from those situations. You don't have to go about everything alone, but you also don't have to settle for the support that you maybe have right now. Um, If it isn't benefiting you or supporting you the way that you need Um, that may be a sign to branch out and meet new people, right? So you don't have to go about things alone, but you don't, you also don't have to put yourself out there with people who are not going to support you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And also trust, okay? Support systems are all about trust. And as I said, from my experience, I was not taught how to trust people. And when it comes to trust in healthy support systems, I think it goes both ways. You have to trust them, and they have to trust you. And that trust is built over time. It's not something that should just be expected up front, at least in my opinion. I don't think rushing it is healthy. 
This is again why I think slowness is so important. Um, yeah, because like every time I've tried to rush it, it just it doesn't work out. So learn from my mistake. An analogy that I think is really helpful is an analogy from Brene Brown, and she talks about the marble jar. And so essentially the marble jar idea with trust and vulnerability and connections is that you have to be vulnerable in order to build trust. And in order to, yeah, you have to be, she words this better, but you have to be vulnerable in order to build trust. But you also also don't want to go like completely over the deep end right away and just like, (laughs) like you meet someone for the first time and you're like, this is my deepest trauma. (laughs) Like, don't do that. But, um... Oh yeah, it's kind of, it goes both ways. So like, you need vulnerability to build trust, but you also need trust to be vulnerable. So it's kind of one of those things. But her, basically her strategy, she talks about the marble jar, is you share a little bit. You have to take that first leap. You have to be a little vulnerable with someone. And that's like one marble in the jar. If they hold space for you and they respect it, that's great then you can add another marble and be vulnerable another time, etc. And it's built up over time. And the more that you place like marbles in the jar, you know more and more that they that you can trust that person. And then as the trust builds, you can be more vulnerable, etc. And that is how you build connection. I found that analogy really helpful. Because again, I was never taught any of this. Um, so that that was really helpful, which is why I'm sharing it here. So those are some of my very, this very brief list, not by any means comprehensive, but that is a list of some signs, I guess, to look out for, for healthy support systems or some things to reflect on, at least in my experience. But most importantly, at least when it comes to hyper-independence, I think it really comes down to how you show up. Because You have to be willing to try something new. You have to be willing to go out of your comfort zone, especially if you're used to being hyper-independent and self-reliant. If you're anything like me, the thought of opening up to people just sounds scary and uncomfortable and in many ways not worth the hassle. It, It probably feels easier to just hold your own hand or mind your own business and isolate yourself from others. And it's really, it's like a trade-off that I, I know all too well. The price for this trade-off is feeling lonely from time to time or often in some cases, depending. But then you don't have to worry about getting hurt by others because you're not interacting with others or connecting with others. So you're lonely, but you're also not running the risk of getting hurt. So it's a trade-in. But here's, here's what I found from my own experiences. By shielding myself from getting hurt by others, I have cut myself off from feeling loved and supported by them. And I really, I truly did not realize how big of a price that was to pay until I've started working on that aspect of myself and I've slowly started to begin showing up in new ways, more authentic ways, and allowing myself to ask for help and receive help and receive support without trying to prove my worth. I really didn't understand how big of a price I was paying by cutting myself off until I've started to let people in more and more. And I've grown so much. 
right? Allowing myself to receive help without trying to prove my worth in the process. And it's really, it's a practice. I want to make that very clear. I have not mastered it and I'm not sure that I'm ever going to master it, but I practice it daily. I can probably make a future episode about practical ways to practice self-worthiness on more of a daily basis, but for now, that's not what today's episode is about. It's basically allowing myself to receive love and support slowly but surely has really allowed me to express and embrace parts of myself that I never really would have before. I've been able to grow more into myself and I never, never thought that other people would uplift me the way that they have, but truly having supportive people in my life has changed my life. And it's sort of like, it's like this, I was kind of like the light for so many people in my life before, just bringing other people up and supporting them. But meanwhile, no one was like shining light on me. And so I was shining for other people. And um, they, they weren't shining for me. And I've started learning how to shine for myself, right? Which, which in turn shines light on the people around me while also actually being able to receive light from them as well. That's a lot of metaphors, but, but you kind of get it. It's a lot more of a symbiotic relationship right now. If you don't know what symbiosis is, it's kind of like a equally or at least mutually beneficial relationship. But yeah. Having people in my life that support me and allowing myself to receive that support has truly changed so many things for me. If you get anything from today's episode, I hope that you can maybe have a story that you can relate to. You can see that this kind of support is out there. Maybe get a better idea of what that can look like. Uh... I guess that's kind of my intention with today's episode, but I want to thank you guys all so much for listening. I hope that you're having a lovely day or night, a lovely time, whenever you're listening to this. I try to record episodes weekly, but for sure on Monday, they go live on Mondays at 5 a.m. The best way to know when new episodes are released is to follow along on the podcast Instagram page. The details are in the show notes. But before I go, I like to end all of my episodes with a very crucial reminder that I honestly need to hear frequently. So in case no one has told you today, please know that you are loved. You are enough exactly as you are. You're enough simply by existing. And if you don't believe that now, I really hope that someday you will believe that because you are enough always. Okay. With that, I'll just talk to you guys all in my next episode.